0: Hello, hello, and welcome to our new Synergy Autism podcast series with Pam Smith and myself, Barbara Avila. We talk about real scenarios that we are encountering with children, teens, and adults with autism in our daily work. And we both come from a developmental relationship based foundation to address challenging behaviors and increase independence and resiliency. In this first podcast of the series, we start us off with some back-and-forth kind of banter about the topic of people labeling kids as being quote-unquote bad, and if you want to skip ahead to where we, um, well actually I, Barb Avalis, start interviewing Pam about a specific case, um, you might like to do that. That's about 15 minutes in, and we start really untangling this case together, Um, and we think you really will enjoy that. So... Um, thank you for being here, we hope you enjoy, and here we go.
1: So I've recently, yeah, I've recently just just in the last 24 hours had a client that, um, this, first of all, the story keeps shifting, so it's a little hard to understand what reality is, which is of course always the case, but one of the themes that keeps coming out is that they're, you know, that this child is bad. Yeah, and the child is eleven, so it's I know, very I don't hard even for me know. to understand that that could be a possibility.
0: <laughs> well, why don't you set us up a little bit? Like, what happened? Like, what's going on? And then maybe we can talk it through.
1: Well, with you know, a fingernails worth of information, because of course it's
0: right HIPAA and compliance. Yeah. Well,
1: but also just even I'm new to the I'm new to the family, oh. I'm new to the process, and it's out of the blue because. Something shifted for from their perspective, mm-hmm. and so now I'm getting notified, but I wasn't even notified by them. I was notified by a third party, like, hey, they're having trouble.
0: But we as behavior professionals are often called in when somebody is feeling like a child is just misbehaving and being mischievous or being bad or being, right. we really feel strongly that no kid wants to be bad. I mean, we really stand by, there's a lot of people out there in the current research that say kids do well if they can, is Ross Green stuff, and um, that they're acting out of a stress response, things like that. So how do we shift from helping people think? go from my kid is just misbehaving, or my kid in my classroom is just uh, trying to get my goat.
1: Right. Right.
0: right?
1: Well, I I mean, I, I think the first thing is to really think about I mean, don't you think that it it, ha- it has to do with what are they trying to communicate? What what do they not know and are trying to fill in their own like blanks? The adults
0: in the scenario, what do they not know? Or, or, no, the
1: child. What know. is the child trying to? What problem are they trying to solve by getting your attention through this negative action that you are you're not ignoring? You you must be ignoring something else, or you must. But be- don't
0: you feel like like sometimes you're talking to people who are, have this mindset that kids are being bad. To shorten it and that you're <clears throat> you have to figure out how to do some setup before you can start teaching them what you're saying like how do we how do you I mean I can think about how I do it but sometimes you're talking to somebody who just isn't ready to hear that the kid needs more maybe that's it
1: <clears throat> like more in the way of support or more in the yeah. way of information whatever it is.
0: It's all such a parallel process, right? I always think that because then, yeah. um, I um, I always think that, you know, we always say that kids need more information and then and oftentimes they're misbehaving out of needing more information, but it's often that the parents first need more information. The parents first need, or the teachers need support and to be regulated so they can even hear that.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt, which I think is, you know, back to my specific scenario that I'm bringing up, it really sounds like that's potentially the issue. Mm -hmm. However, much like A a child who's in crisis, you wouldn't go in with a bunch of information right right then and just be cerebral with a child that's doing that. And you can't do it even with an adult, even who could potentially process that information better from a language perspective and a maturity perspective and things like that. If they're in crisis, they're shut down and not hearing. Mm -hmm. But but the nature of the role and the nature of sort of, uh, you know, if, if you're just brought in for crisis management then you're not in a place to have built trust to, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it's like chicken and egg. We can't solve these problems if we don't have this sort of overarching, well, we can solve some problems, but we can just put band-aids on the dike. (laughs) But
0: like the shared understanding that kids are not just trying to do that.
1: Or, or just the, the trust. Actually, it goes before, before that, the trust that I am a person who can support you. I'm a person that, you can listen to and be vulnerable with, and be honest with. And, and it's so I, hard
0: because sometimes you can't build trust unless you go cerebral first mm-hmm. with, with some parents, right, or teachers, or, yeah, um, or from other interventions and things like that, which is really interesting. Yeah, you have to kind of prove yourself first.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and if you goof up at all, like I, I've absolutely had that just happen this week too, where somehow there's a perceived goof up. And now I'm getting kicked to the curb and I'm thinking, you're actually missing, I, I do know what's going on here, <laughs> but if you don't, if I, you know, if you're not going to let me stick around and help you, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, it's
0: hard because sometimes I'll get in there and be like, okay, I'll just show you that it'll work, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody doesn't know what they're looking at, true, they're not going to be able to, yeah, I'm about to, with a family, go through a transition um plan that I've kind of written out that I know would work if everybody knew the elements to do during the transition, but I have to, because it's an emergency situation, I have to get in there and just say, just do it. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's, with no buy-in, but then if it doesn't work, or if it, because people don't understand it, right? you're kind of, um... If
1: it's not, actually, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's not, um... I mean, we let this happen for humans, but we don't let it happen for buildings or roads or, like, there would never be, let's go build that bridge and then figure out if it, if if we have the buy-in of why the beam should be put up this way, right? We would never do that, but yet we're doing it with our tiny humans who are just trying to figure it out, and they're they're under-equipped, they're still mature, you know, like, there's well, that's to... the interesting
0: part, is to kind of explore and think about what would happen in our minds if we decided, oh, you're right, they're just being a stinker to be a stinker. Right.
1: Okay. Like, what would change?
0: Yeah, what changes? Okay, you're right. You're right. And now then what that, do I <laughs> do? I mean, really, yeah. Oh, so we give them consequences? Well, I would bet you've been trying consequences. Right. <laughs> so you...
1: That's a really good point.
0: Yeah. So... <clears throat> Maybe it's going there and saying, "Okay, like let's, you know, let's walk that one through." Might be actually. I haven't ever
1: really tried that. Have I don't you? think I ever either. I can think of a couple of families where that might be really effective at at flipping the script a little bit to have them go, yeah. "Oh right, I have been treating it like it's just bad, and nothing is changing."
0: <laughs> yeah. The other thing that that brings in too that we know that maybe might be a critical piece is that. Kids with autism and kids with behavior issues in general um, often have trouble with executive functioning, right? So being able to say, oh, I'm going to do this behavior to then piss somebody off. So we're already working on this assumption that they can do more than they actually (laughs) can if we're saying they're doing it to make you mad. But not only that, but it also points out that consequences aren't going to work. We know that because kids on spectrum or with executive functioning needs aren't going to say, oh, well, last time I did that, that's what happened, so I'm not going to do that again. So it'll work only temporarily. It won't work for long-term solution,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good point, that that executive functioning piece, because I'm thinking of, yeah, again, I have a laundry list in my in my mind of families where I'm like, oh, I'm, I, this is a helpful conversation in a lot of different areas <laughs> to, remember, to remember them. That's not why they're doing these things. They're not doing it be bad. That's the most ridiculous. I mean, I think it's ridiculous if you would say to any child, they're not trying to be bad. It's a very, very, very small. It's maybe, it's very, very bad people in the world. And there are very few of them <laughs> who are mo-
0: Well, that's a good point. That's interesting because I, you know, I've been speaking a little bit more with juvenile justice systems and things like that. And they asked me about lying and they asked me about, um, like, hmm, that might be a whole other discussion that I think we started the other day about when kids might do something and then smile mm-hmm. in response to it or laugh. Oh, yeah. I just had one recently. Yeah. Where it's really um, unexpected for matching the scenario. Right. Um, somebody laughing when somebody falls down or gets hurt or when they actually might even hit somebody or something. Then why is that the response? And it, I think getting into back into the executive functioning, maybe that it's more reactive than responsive to kind of bring in some of the neuroscience stuff Mm -hmm. that somebody's acting out of what you started Mm -hmm. acting out of kind of that, um, stress response. I don't, you didn't say it that way,
1: but Mm -hmm. well, and the other, I mean, the other thing that is certainly true for this population, which might not be what you're referring to right this second with regard to the juvenile justice questions. Um, but I know for sure I have lots of clients who are great mimics and will see something and Mm. then use it at the wrong time. They were, they are mimicking something, but they're using it at their timing is often you have, I I believe it's you that have always said people with autism often know exactly what to do. They just don't know when to do it. Mm. Um, and so I think sometimes that can be an example and it has major consequences depending on if they, how, how wrong they are about when they choose to do it, what they know how to do. Um,
0: Yeah, that's interesting to think about in the being bad, too. Mm -hmm. Like, um, And kind of digging deeper of why are they, quote-unquote, being bad. And maybe it is because they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're pulling it from the only thing that they know how to pull it from, which might be a movie script, Mm -hmm. or might be a YouTube script today. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Interesting.
1: Or it could be, I mean, it could be along the lines of this worked one other time because maybe it did work one other time. And it, and, and so they're just pulling from it. So it could be mimicking. It could be that it actually had an outcome that was positive and they do remember that, but it's also, they are hearing all this other information that's saying, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. But it's not overriding the fact that it worked. (laughs) It worked to stop the, this thing that made me more uncomfortable than you talking to me right now about being bad. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is so funny because actually we always talk about re- coming back to the basics. It's like stop people make coming to conclusions, even they're being bad, before really observing what's going on and determining what are you trying to solve with this behavior. What are you trying to, you know, because it may have worked once. Mm-hmm. What What is it serving that kid? And sometimes we jump into... They're being bad. This is why. This is what needs to happen. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> Maybe we don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is something that they're pulling from something else or that worked once or whatever. But we need to, to kind of take that step back and do, you know, figure out what the function of that behavior is.
1: Yeah. Huh. Do you have a... I, I sometimes have a lot of families where the kid is perceived as bad, but the kid is very... Um, clear and consistent about someone else did something first so there's this like again back (laughs) to the timing thing Uh there's this mismatch of when you defend yourself and when you let things go and and then they get labeled the bad kid i mean i have numerous kids at the the behavior school
0: Uh who
1: were removed from other settings because yeah because of um you know their response, their reaction to that. But they were, and they always—it always seemed. But the other kids had more wherewithal to be able to do it more sneakily, or maybe the, who knows what actually the truth was at, on some of these mm-hmm. situations. But it doesn't matter. Their perception is no, this is so unfair. And then they right. they get labeled this bad, and then then you're all you're doing is talking about the behavior, and you're not actually looking at the root causes well, of why. Doesn't
0: that get back get us back to even personal agency?
1: Hmm
0: that that child may not have enough personal agency to realize that they have power to, like, alter things. And so it's always everybody else's fault
1: right? kind of thing. Right. Um, right.
0: I mean, yeah. I think that across ages. I mean, I see adults on spectrum who are really stuck behaviorally not in an aggressive manner sometimes, but often just so passive and not motivated because they don't have that personal agency. It's kind of that same thing as... Um, being in a scenario and not even realizing that they have the power to do something different. There's mm-hmm. a lot there, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes um, kids on spectrum will often, th- or people on spectrum will often think there's one solution,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not realizing there's a number of different solutions. So, th- But in order for them to even think that there are solutions, they need to have personal agency, which means they need to be supported to in lots of other ways, not just in the heat of the moment.
1: Right, right, right. So it does go back to the guiding relationship and trust and safety and connection. <clears throat> and
0: they need a foundation to work from. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's it. Kids who are being quote unquote bad.
1: Lack of foundation. Lack
0: a foundation. Yeah. And how do we build that? And how do we support somebody in understanding they need that?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, understanding the family needs to build it, or the... And, you know, the hard part is, the family did think that they were building it. So, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. And, and it, In what ways? Well, I In just nature. mean, they, they, they think that they're being loving and caring to their child, and so that, mm-hmm. that that's enough of a foundation, but the hard part is they're not wrong obviously love and, and support is there and having appropriate boundary, boundaries and limits and holding to them and all of that kind of stuff is really really important but there's this other layer that goes towards guiding and guiding towards thinking and and um, oh guiding
0: <clears throat> somebody's thinking rather than just their behavior
1: correct mm-hmm. and and you know that that idea that i you're building trust in you as a person who's a guide i mean i don't i don't know how much of that exists, and, and I don't know how much... There, I think there's been a few instances of potentially that being disrupted for a variety of reasons with this one client that I'm thinking of, and so... Wait, which part
0: I, are you feeling like has been disrupted?
1: The like trust-building.
0: The trust-building. So, like and, I think and, that
1: the child might be less trustful of parents as a result of specific actions in the past.
0: Oh, okay. Which gets tricky with autism, mm-hmm. because... Um, Oftentimes, kids are... We have all kinds of little sounds. Right? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> um, oftentimes, kids with autism Well, I mean, the most famous one is Simple Ground and Thinking in Pictures, right? Where she talks about how she'll remember an event very clearly. And it's really hard to uncouple that memory mm-hmm. from reality. Like, of or even reality, of today, right? Mm-hmm. And be able to um, not just be referring back to that kind of static picture. Mm-hmm. Um, am I making sense? Yeah, no, I totally,
1: <laughs> I hear what you're saying. And I think, so, I mean, to me, it goes back to the, once you're, once you're reminded that the person with autism often only has one way of viewing something, their one view is that I can't trust you anymore. So then now anything right. you say for the next however long can't be trusted. So then then it's always going to feel like the only way they get they can have some agent some some effect in the world is by having an, a big action that you actually respond to or so, you know what I mean like it's I think there's a right. So
0: they revert to the trust in the predictable and the static. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you person adult guide are not predictable and static. Or you are, but in a way that I'm, doesn't feel safe. Right. Uh, so what what do you suggest um, in that scenario where are needing to kind of regain trust? I mean, that, the interesting part about that is even trying to get back to convincing a parent or a guy that they need to regain trust if they feel like... Because it's ha- oh, there's so much there.
1: Yeah, there's so much there. So I will say that I, I was able to to really help a family who had a really had in some ways had a similar situation to the one I'm referring to. Um, and that's exactly what I said to them. I said, look, they need to know that you're on their side. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, so I know it's going to feel like in the short term, you're letting a bunch of stuff go and it, you know, it, you're not holding him to his responsibilities and this, that, and the other thing. I said, That's not what you're doing. So what you're doing is you're putting all of that on hold for now Mm -hmm. and you'll come back to it because he needs to understand that you are here for him at all ways. And you are on team fill in the blank. This is your team and you are going to just hammer that you guys are in this together and it absolutely worked. This kid had a total turnaround and and now they have the limits all back and there's...
0: So what you mean is also probably moving out of just
1: correction mode. Correct. Yes, I had to tell them, It st- was like, we're going to let all kinds of stuff go and it's going to feel gross for a little while because I know it's important to you that X, Y, and Z happen. But I'm just saying for now.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so tell me more. Can you tell me more about that scenario? That's so interesting because I've had another family do that and it was really good, but then trying to flip it back again was hard.
1: Um, we used, so flipping it back again became kind of, um,
0: well, back up though, because even when you said let go, what did you tell them to let go on?
1: Well, we just prioritized things that they could let go on. So I said, so for example, there was, um, there was a lot of push. This was probably two years ago. And at the time, um, I think the child was 11. So there was a lot of push in the household for, some responsibility around the house, some chores and things of that nature and, um, and getting him to do those things independently. Mm -hmm. And so, and that ended up being all these arguments all this time. And he wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. And so it, it was, it was distracting, but this child was having a huge problem at school. Mm -hmm. And so he was stressed all day at school all the time. Mm -hmm. And then he would come home and be fussing and fighting with his parents over chores. And I said, look, he can't do this for the whole day, all day, Nobody every day. Yeah, he can
0: sustain no. that. No. Yeah. I, said, so I we like ha- to have people think about getting in their shoes. Can yeah. you imagine that, having a work day all day that you are, you know, fighting and frustrated and people don't understand you, and then you go home and then you have the more of that? You can't sustain that for right. very long.
1: No. Exhausted. I mean, and then exhausted and then increases in the yeah. whole mind. And then then they were wondering, well, he's spending a lot of time in the bathroom. I said, because no one's I bugging him. <laughs> Oh, poor and they were, they, yeah. they, they recognize that. And, and you have they a lot were of quick to end
0: up doing that. Yes, absolutely. And they end up going to the bathroom and just absolutely. a little side note that that's often just to get a place where people aren't,
1: yeah. Up in your face. Yeah. Um, so, so when we pulled back, um, I mean, it took a while to sort of, to work on that, but then the, the, the time and space, that um that you know luckily this um, kid has some motivation around things like money and and um mm. And time, like and events that they wanted, like mm-hmm. there were things that they they had some motivation so around. Find some
0: reinforcing events,
1: reinforcing events to yeah. sort of shift the the narrative a little bit. Plus, mm-hmm. they used natural breaks, so it was sort of like once school was out and it was summer again, it was like okay, we're going to put some structure back in mm-hmm. for everybody's sanity, and then it was easy to rebuild. But it was mm-hmm. really about um, really understanding what the stress levels were and how mm-hmm. how to work with him on that and what so did they take chores
0: away like
1: um, yeah i mean basically they took chores away and they and and really it's not that they took chores away it's that they took away the nagging about the chores so they said your chores are still here you should be doing them but they didn't go on and on and on and on and on about it and if it didn't get done they go, "It didn't get done (laughs) okay, you know, and they moved on from it.
0: Which is interesting because that's actually letting go of what we were talking about earlier, of assuming that somebody's going to learn from consequences. Right. learn that last time, so-and-so had to nag me, and I didn't like that, so I'm going to just do it this time. Well, that doesn't... <laughs> okay. Right, right. Yeah. That well, is that a... That pre-thinking isn't right. necessarily in that place. That is
1: not yet. the way he's he's looking at the world at that point, yeah. especially when he was so stressed and overwhelmed and all that good stuff, so... um and this is a this is a um, family who really recognizes when this kid is making overtures into understanding more about himself and understanding mm-hmm. so age, yeah. some of those things and were starting
0: yeah. yeah
1: some of those things were starting to happen and things that he was um, looking forward to being a part of or want, had had his own curiosity about you know there's a there was a whole motivation around girls And so he was actually, and, and mom was actually saying what it's like to be a 12 year old girl. And he was like, Oh, okay. And so that helped them again, back to that trust issue. Right. They were really, he was able to understand like, Oh, she has information that I don't have and I can trust her to, to share it with me. Well, Um,
0: probably when they stop nagging, which we all want to stop nagging. Um, when you stop nagging, it leaves room for conversation and, curiosity and all that other stuff, right? Because totally. what else are you going to do? Huh? Okay. Well, I have to be curious about how is this
1: right. going to work? Or... And I think that a lot of folks on the spectrum, it's that getting to that curiosity piece that involves another person yeah. is a long road. Not yeah. everybody. Yeah. So this was a shorter road, I think, for this family, but that's the way that we went down it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think back to my my current being bad <laughs> Or being, you know... Well, I mean, let me, I, let me stop you for just oh. a second.
0: So in that scenario with the 11-year-old, did they think that he was just being bad because, and not wanting to do his chores and trying to get out of it and that kind of thing? Like, is that where, you know, were they feeling like he was trying to manipulate something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay.
1: And I think that... I think they probably would have stayed there if everything was going hunky-dory at school. But so how did
0: where did what what point did you feel like they heard you? When you said, "What do you remember?"
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I said, um, "Look, the bottom line is he's overwhelmed, right?" And I think they what, knew that.
0: They did know that.
1: I think so because it and actually. Mom was really clear that she was overwhelmed mm-hmm. and was really clear that she was really scared for him.
0: Oh, it's so funny. I have my own teenager. And when I am anxious, I nag. And it's it totally comes out of anxiousness <clears throat> and overwhelm. Yeah. I'm worried this isn't going to get done because we're in a hurry. And if it doesn't get done, I'm not doing my job as a parent, and it's, you know, all this right. other stuff that right.
1: is, like, huh, yeah. So she was, they, you know, she and stepdad were in that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. like, I'm supposed to be the parent that follows through, and we have these family values about yeah. everyone having responsibility in the household, totally. and what I was saying is that I, I basically just was, I really had the, the chance to have them here, that it was never going to change if they kept at it at that level, that he needed mm-hmm. them to be an ally not a nag at that point and the way to be an ally was actually to forego the chores for a little while and we can always add them back in
0: which is interesting isn't it like a confucius said or something <laughs> like if you i'm gonna embarrass myself yes i am confucius <laughs> <laughs> now who is it that said maybe i don't know mm. um who said if you keep going in the same direction what's insanity oh, Einstein, oh. maybe like, yeah, the there's it,
1: been different things, because I've looked at yeah. that quote, and I feel like it's, but it's, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over yeah, again, oh, expecting yeah. a different result. Yes,
0: there you go. Yeah. is that Einstein?
1: You know, I've heard it, it, again, there's, you know, all the things on the internet about who,
0: who was saying what.
1: <laughs> I've heard it quoted a lot, a few different people, and no one, I don't think actually, I I heard it, um, like, in Al-Anon. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, too,
0: though. Yeah. It's just... You know, sometimes I think families and teachers and things like that, that's where we can go right. with them. It's like, okay, well, we can keep going, and, right. assuming this kid is being bad or manipulative, mm-hmm. but, eh, it's not
1: right. really it for us. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that to you, and I think I um, i got this from you years ago, just saying, that, just saying it can't hurt to try something different. We're, we're on this hamster wheel over here, and we're having the same results, so let's just, what can it hurt? We're going to just try it for seven days and see what happens.
0: Well, there's two things in that that I like. One is being willing to experiment. Right. The second is understanding that experiments can't just be fleeting. Mm -hmm. You do have to really give it some time. Because you said the seven days. Because I think we, if, if families or teachers get into, well, I tried that, I tried that, I tried that, because maybe they did try, you know, using a visual with a kid with autism to transition them. And it didn't work the first time because the child's like, what are you doing? And it's unpredictable and it's new. That they're going to fight it. But then you offer it again and they go, oh, wait, that is something that you presented yesterday that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But wait a second, I'm not sure about it, so I'm going to fight it again. And then the third day they go, oh, wait, that's familiar and that could be helpful. And then it starts to work. Right. Right? But it takes time. And I know we've had that conversation before that just trying to help give that time something to work.
1: Somebody, something I just heard, I want to say it was on Ted, a Ted talk on the radio or whatever that, um, um, it was, uh, that you have to practice something 4,000 times to make it automatic. I've also heard, I know,
0: know, I've heard a number of days and things like that. Yeah. And the Habits book and stuff. Right, right, right,
1: right. 4,000 is a lot.
0: 4,000.
1: I mean, some of these human beings haven't, I mean, if you're talking about a (laughs) four-year-old, Who's being bad, quote-unquote. They haven't even well, like, had you know, 4,000 hours in their life.
0: <laughs> well, what's interesting is, again, to go back to if we're doing things the same way, mm-hmm. and if it takes 4,000 times to form a habit, they have formed a habit.
1: Right. <laughs> right, that's true. they
0: have been doing it that long. So we have to kind of undo that habit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's going to take some time and effort and consistency. Mm-hmm. Um which is interesting because that's actually kind of an argument for the repetition that we see in like ABA and -hmm. applied behavior analysis and things like that for approaching behaviors where um, what's interesting is the the things that we talk about are giving them practice 4,000 times with very different things, not behavior focused, but connection focused and being able to socially engage and feel trust and all those other things that are those foundations that we were just talking about,
1: right? right? And they're human foundations. Yeah, totally. So it's it's what every, you know, infant, toddler, preschooler on up is practicing. And, um, our and kids we so with, often forget that right.
0: kids with autism are kids first. Right. And children, yeah, humans, right. they want the same things. And need they need connection. The yeah.
1: It just, it might look a little different how you start, and it might look a little different how how, um, much practice is needed and some of those things, but so, um, so anyway, so I have a client, so I meet with them tomorrow morning and I'm feeling like the first thing I need is a little more clarity on what it is we're actually talking about. That's the other piece when I'm hearing being bad or like meltdown. Or Mm -hmm. aggressive. Like, what are we actually talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. what what do those words mean? Mm -hmm. Having a... um, Means something different to... Totally. Well, I have a family who has two kids with autism, and they were doing some data collection for me on what i melted. And I said, and and was talking to mom, and I said, look, you use the same word for both of them, and I have been around, and I know that 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 word is not the same for both of them. So Mm -hmm. I said, can we think about a different word? Because we're also, you know, we're at some point, on some level, going to be talking to this person about, hey, we're trying to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that we need it to be all that. I think we should be really specific about what we're trying to help you do. We're trying to help you feel better about your anxiety, or we're trying to help you, you know, not um, run away, or whatever. Like, we need to not have these big, generic words uh-huh. that might mean something to you. You have a whole definition, but everyone else is going to have a different definition for that. And so the first step I need to understand is what they understand about what the aggression is. I'm also totally confused about the timing (laughs) because all of a sudden everything, the the sky is falling. And, you know, a a week ago I was emailing about like, oh, we can meet on Wednesday at nine (laughs) o'clock and it was no big deal. So I'm like, did something else happen in here that's like made this more dramatic and turned up the volume on this for you to now bring it to me why didn't Uh, you tell me any of that before right so I'm feeling like there's pieces of information missing for sure but I definitely get the the overarching narrative where they're headed is this is about him we are trying everything we can around him but Mm -hmm. this is him he is not changing and that's not fair (laughs)
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things that you said that are intriguing to me. Like, one is um, helping a guide, whether it's a parent or professional, move away from those overarching um, labels mm-hmm. of bad, meltdown, et cetera, just by helping them learn to observe it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone can be, I mean... There are some families that I've worked with who are just doing that. They go, oh, I get it. You know, this is what's happening. And they realize it on their own, and that's ideal, right? Totally. Um, So just that. But then there was something else that you said, too, of the... um...
1: The timing and something. The volume got turned up somehow.
0: No. But the immediacy of the need kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what the other thing I was going to say was, but that's kind of how I whirl. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that, that happened. So it, it'll come back to me.
1: Yeah, I'm a little, you know, I'm not a huge fan of these. Um, you know, the, I, I, these 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 are not easy situations. So it's tricky to not feel. I mean, I there are other situations that are a lot more clear and a lot more. Um, you know, the other the very. Yeah, the very much the reality is I'm not 100% sure that we're talking about only autism. Like if there's something else happening yeah. for some people. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, there's some that are also, I mean, we even in the field of autism, we're starting to think about different types of autism yeah. and things like that. that yeah. um Yeah, there are. And then there's personality. Totally. Um, I think we forget personality a lot. So there's going to be, like, when you you know, to bring us back to the original conversation about when kids are being labeled as bad, they might just have really strong personalities, which is (laughs) funny because sometimes it's like, wow, they're wanting a lot of control. They're really strong-willed. And then you look at the parents and go, oh yeah, I see where it comes from. That's a good thing, because you've made it become your profession, or totally. you you know, whatever, totally. where it's like, okay, we just need to redirect this energy, because right. it's a lot harder to light a fire under a passive kid than yeah. to redirect a right. kid who has a lot of drive to quote-unquote be bad totally
1: i think about that that is no clearer in anyone other than my nephew who is incredibly argumentative and then you take a step back and his mom is a lawyer and his dad is a judge that's what they do (laughs) (laughs) they argue and they're very eloquent about making their point and you know going back and forth and negotiating and the next thing you know you're like oh okay fine i get it i'm not a lawyer i'm not a lawyer (laughs) um no, but I like, I. that's a really good point, and I feel like that's the other layer that has to be un, untangled here as yeah. well, because I'm new to this family, so part of it is I'm not totally sure, I think I've met parents twice, and kids mm-hmm. twice, two, you know, so we're really wait, talking. Wait, I should
0: probably just say, Oh yes, yeah. we're on audio, that uh, we have our Black Lab Maggie here, my Black Lab Maggie, and so if you hear some funky sounds...
1: And she always comes she, to my... My rescue when yes. my voice gets a little when we start animated, to it, she comes over
0: and she yes.
1: her full therapy yes. Hi. Oh, you know what? It could be the symbol for our podcast. How about that? Oh yeah. Oh, there we go, yeah. <laughs> I know I got a kiss. I got a kiss. Thank you. <laughs> oh, solving the world's problems is so much fun. Yes. Well, no, this was a helpful conversation prior to my um my my um meeting tomorrow. It's helpful to even though my vibe and my brain wants to sit with,
0: why are we talking about him as bad? Yeah,
1: it's helpful to talk it over with you prior to sort of have a little well, isn't more it, specific one of your tools. Too? Don't you get totally.
0: triggered by when people say that? And so it's like, oh yeah, I have to remember where they're coming from—the parent or the person who's saying that to you. Right. Where it's like calming your own system. Totally. To to then totally. move out of teach mode or.
1: Whatever well, that or just is. the, just the overall, I mean, I'm anticipating, I'm anticipating there being a lot of rejection of any solution I offer or any strategy yeah. I offer because yeah. I can hear it already. And so that's more triggering even than the, the, being bad. It's the unwillingness. It feels in the moment, unwillingness to try. That being said, I don't know their experience. I know they're, I can say they're very overwhelmed. That's evident. So,
0: you know what I really have had to learn about that over the years is, um, yeah, there's that triggers me mm-hmm. when I say, "Oh, you could try this," and they go, "Oh, that I, that won't work." Mm-hmm. Oh, you try this. Oh, that won't work. Okay. So you can do one of two things. You can sit there and write your report and just go, oh, well, I guess they're, you know this is what I believe, and they take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But to make real change in that moment when you start to get triggered by that, you have to take a step back and go, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that same thing, like what's the function of this behavior, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, are, mm-hmm. why, are, why are we getting so much pushback? And sometimes it could be, wow, just telling the person, wow, you have tried a lot. hmm and I'm sure that's been really hard. So even just connecting with that person yeah. sometimes can be all it, it is and all yeah. it needs. But I don't think enough professionals do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a and not just blame. Yeah. Blame, 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 blame. Oh, so much I blame. In that
0: scenario right
1: now, yeah, yeah,
0: where the school district is blaming the parents, parents blame the school district. It's yeah, oh, it's yeah. where all it might take is just, hey, this is hard. Yeah, and everybody to kind of get on the same page. that... I have a kid who's really strong willed. <laughs> and it's going to take some work and consistency and being on the same page, but talking to one another and listening to one another is what's going to help the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Woohoo. Thank you. Super helpful to talk it through.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Okay. I will let you know what the outcome is. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it is a week later after our last conversation, and I am super curious what happened.
1: Well, it was a good meeting. I think the first thing I will say is that the parent is no longer feeling the immediacy and the crisis and the urgency because Mm. the child's actions are no longer under that heading of bad or extreme or whatever. Hmm. Um, One of the other things that happened is in the week between the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and us actually meeting, there was a medication change. (laughs) Uh. There was also, um, interestingly, um, the it became clearer at that meeting, sort of the level of... um, other kinds of challenges, not just related to the child, that exist within the family system that are impacting things. Mm. Um, and as I had mentioned, this is a newer family to my work, and so or my work with them is new, and therefore I didn't even know the the sort of history. There's like very specific trauma in the in the history. There's very specific. Um, relationship challenges between two parents and communication mm. and changes in, pl- in um, living situation for the child. I mean that there is a deep deep well of challenge. Well boy, that really
0: speaks to our conversation though about um, you know what lurks beneath a child being quote-unquote bad that, I, that it's usually a stress response to something else going on.
1: Totally and so um, the other piece, the 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 great thing was I found the parent quite receptive to my input input and feedback, and I didn't feel a lot of walls put up. A, a couple of walls of sort of like, oh, I feel like we've tried that, but some openness to, let's try it again, this is different, you know, uh-huh. we're different. And the other thing is that I um, really talked about what I know both of us work on so much is that idea that... You actually want to kind of almost lean into your child and and get closer and get more, um, um, work more closely with them, partnering and co-regulating and spending more time and just being close to them so that they feel supported. Mm -hmm. And increasing that at all helps to decrease the other kinds of um, challenging behaviors often.
0: I was super excited just to cut in for a second the American Pediatric yeah. Association just yesterday came out with, against spanking, and there's a quote in there that I actually just posted in my Facebook this morning of um, about how build the relationship and use your relationship with the child, like what you're exactly what you're saying, that that's how you reduce challenging behavior, not by spanking or other types of
1: physical punishment right and i what was nice is that this parent really thought well wait we do that and i said great i want you to just really know that you're doing that i want you to spotlight it i want you to call it i want you to call it partnering i want you to call Mm. it collaboration i want you to call it cooperation and i want you to tell the child that's what you're doing nice and um that resonated with the parent and they thought that was useful and and then we really just we have We have to get to the bottom of some of these other things that are not going to be able to be addressed by just partnering. Right. Um, But what was was nice also is that, you know, sort of the end result of that was we have a lot of cooks in the kitchen as well. Why Uh, don't we all get to talking? So we've talked uh, about that so many times, too, and that routinely happens where we have... double digits worth of professionals working on a client and I don't know how a parent could keep it straight let alone keep the messaging straight let alone try and actually follow through with anything so I am always a fan of getting fired in lieu of someone else you know if if someone else's approach resonates with you and you can follow through with it I I'm not going to take that personally that 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 I am I don't need to be extra noise just to be a noise
0: Yeah, I often... One of the first things is just trying to reduce the number of people. Whether that means me gone or not, (laughs) let's just talk about what, what values you have, what's working, what's resonating for you. And if somebody's not resonating with you as a professional ask, you know, if they're a true professional, they will not be offended. Right. They will understand
1: that it has to be a goodness of fit and reducing is good. Or if there's redundancy. That was that's the really yeah. the thing that I'm hearing so often is that there's so much redundancy. We're all saying the same thing, but you're not actually doing it or it's not it's not impacting you, but all of us are saying the exact same thing. So then you can you are not ready to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a different conversation, but
0: I know we have so many conversations.
1: I'm so excited to to do this more. <laughs> Indeed, and, and mark it down for posterity. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to clarify a couple of things from our last conversation. Yeah, um, please. Obviously, first and foremost, w- let everybody know that um, I am an education and behavior consultant. So I work with families and and um, youth of all ages, but primarily school age is my is my. Um, is my m- main focus at the moment, so anything from kindergarten to high school, and wear a, a variety of hats, but tend to towards um, a behavioral role at the moment because of the way the, um, the funding structure is leaning, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm working on is really helping the family prioritize what works for them make decisions about how to move forward and obviously support the student um, and my passion is actually education that was my training and all that good stuff mm-hmm. so I love the idea of how do I help the, the child actually be a better learner overall but all of that comes from the foundation of a good parental <laughs> involvement yeah. and foundation of I can be a human being in the world and that has to come before I can sit and hold a pencil and follow the directions Looking so at the whole picture yeah um, I also wanted to um, clarify in the other podcast or the other day, I was talking about the number of times something um, that a person needs to do something in order to make it oh, yeah. an automatic. Yeah. And I looked up the research and there has been a little bit of research about this. So I found um, Lolly et al. in 2009 And they found it was an average of 66 days for humans to create a new... 66
0: days? Mm -hmm. But the
1: range was 18 days to 254 days. Wow. Now, it was a small group of people. It was 96 people. So it's not actually a huge Uh number of people. But what they found is that there are actually habit-resistant people.
0: Oh.
1: And it did make me wonder if our folks who have more rigid black-and-white thinking would have fallen under the category of more habit-resistant people.
0: Well, that's interesting because I'd actually probably say that they are habit... um, uh, Forming? Forming, like, almost too soon and too rigidly so that switching to a new habit would be what is the hard part that would take longer and maybe cause the resistance. Yeah. Yeah, It's probably saying the same thing,
1: but... Um, I also just wanted to clarify for everyone in the audience that um, we are not using names. We are not using hmm. specific identifying information due to HIPAA, which stands for the Health Information Portability Accountability Act. But basically, when you're talking about private health information, you can't reveal actual identifying information, or right. it, um, unless you have very specific permissions, which we are not going to go down that road. <laughs> So we're going to be a little bit vague with using child and Mm. pronouns and, um, really avoid identifying information. No diagnosis talk necessarily. Obviously we're talking about under the umbrella of autism and, Mm -hmm. um, because we, that is our specialty, but, um, there'll be times when I'm not even going to necessarily give a diagnosis, but try and give information. So we're not trying to be vague and weird, but we are trying to be (laughs) legal.
0: Yeah. And, and protect people's privacy yeah <clears throat> so should i share about me so i'm a family autism consultant is basically what i call myself and um i wear a, i i usually say um that i wear three different hats a counselor hat if somebody is coming in crisis or needing to really look at some of those um background things going on or um a coach for teens and adults, so coaching for kind of life balance kind of things, and a trainer, so helping um, uh, various people from classrooms to juvenile justice system to um, Head Start, etc., doing training so that they better understand autism from this perspective that we're talking about, which um, I love to talk about. And then the last kind of hat I wear is similar to yours with the, as a prof- behavior professional for the county and state. Um, I wanted to, I definitely brought up a few things last time that we'll put in our show notes, but the funny one that I wanted to bring up (laughs) is that we talked about the insanity quote and, um, we sat down today and Pam and I both, um, uh, had done a little research as to where that came from. And, um, I'd love to hear what you came up with, Pam, because it was kind of
1: funny. I thought it, it was loosely affiliated with a bunch of people as far back as the late 1800s. Uh-huh. But ultimately, in the way in the way it lived, what I found was that it was from um, a Narcotics Anonymous pamphlet in 1981. So it's actually a recent quote, and they were yeah. talking about... Um, and it did kind of continually circle back to this idea of addiction. That's kind of where it kept surfacing over the years in various forms. But the actual the quote that I have heard previously of, um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result mm-hmm. was from that pamphlet. That, that's the first time oh, this particular website. I did,
0: it. I did a little research and it didn't lead me down that path, oh, okay. but it led me of course, cause I was thinking of it as Einstein, which it was a little affirming that lots of people think it's Einstein. and they, so there's some people who did some research to try and see, what did he say it, and look through his papers and all of that, and no, he actually probably didn't say it. And there's even some attribution, uh, uh, whatever. Some people think that it was some other famous people, too. But yeah. There's even, you know how you can do quotes with pictures, there's tons with Einstein with this quote on it and things like that. So it made me feel better that I wasn't I was <laughs> sort of remembering close. Yeah. But so for me, I felt like it, we it turned out that we were – both right or we were both wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Because many people trace the quote back to lots of different people and there's no proof of anything really. But it is widely used in recovery programs. Yeah. Um for sure. So um in the show notes I'll put a link that I found and maybe you'll put a link if people are curious. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, um we hope that you'll come back and listen to our next conversation. Um, between Pam and I and we'll probably be doing a lot uh, very similar of that interview um, regarding another case that we have
1: because they keep coming
0: yeah absolutely see you soon see you soon